The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. everybody and welcome to the very first episode of safe place sessions brought to you by sjp world media i am Sai, and joining me today for our very first i suppose open chat discussion etc is somebody who i've got a lot of respect for somebody who i'm not ashamed to say i bloody love one of my best friends in the whole wide world mr mags how are you my friend and i'm only then people because uh benny mack couldn't be here today um <laughs> no uh, actually uh, uh, mr benny mack has got our very first copyright strike on the sjp world media network so no at the moment he is not my best friend <laughs> <laughs> i'm only joking uh, benny i love you a bit no i'm 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 good i'm i'm excited and i suppose a little bit nervous about about this show i mean i think it's an incredibly important topic to to discuss and i'm i'm glad that you've kind of like uh took the ball and, and started running with it um and i'm happy to be kind of the the benchmark for other guests uh because as we've just been discussing before we started recording there's no kind of like setting stone format for this it's uh it's more like i said a, a, an open chat about uh mental health and in particular men's mental health uh uh, a subject that still now is is almost taboo that people mm-hmm. just don't talk about it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy and uh, nervous to be your guinea pig, essentially. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, if there's not an episode two, it's entirely my fault. I will go along with that. It is your fault. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose a little bit of background to the show. Uh, to I'm assuming majority of people listening will be in our own little group anyway. But if this does sort of branch out and other people having to catch the show, which is the, the the purpose of it, I guess it, it's it's an idea I had to do one or two discussions under the old SJP podcast banner a show that i kind of just dropped the odd bonus show here and there different it's a show that i use to just talk about anything i fancy and i particularly wanted to tackle the uh, subject of um, mental health and, and so on with my own struggles in mind and it the reason it popped in my head on this particular weekend when i initially put the first tweet out that i'm sure most people have seen by now is because i'd gone through a, a, another wobble of my own come back out the other side of it and thought, well, I want to use my experience to talk to other people, get other people's stories. And a big thing for me is the whole raising awareness of it. And I mean, as we, as we spoke before we pressed record mags, very much uh, the mindset of when I have my issues, which we're going to talk about in a future episode, I'll, t- I'll touch upon them. I, I suppose in different conversations anyway, mm-hmm. it, it will naturally come up, but at some point I will sit down and talk with someone and, and cover my issues in depth. But even though men's mental health is very much, uh, I suppose, more out there now, that, that subject is more out there now than it, than it has been ever before. You know, there's so many adverts on television, the radio, podcasts, uh, even on the side of bus stops and so on, encouraging people to talk and, and all this. 
when I went through my um, issues, my, my wobble, as I call it, uh, I felt very alone. And I felt like, perhaps kind of ignorantly, uh, perhaps naively, I felt very much like I was the only person who had ever felt the way that I was currently feeling. Mm-hmm. which then made it incredibly difficult for me to speak to anybody else, including my own wife until I had a bit of a, a full on breakdown and it, you know, explained some of the things that were going on in my head and some of my behavior that also was me reacting to what was going on in my head and so on. So that was kind of what was in my mind when I put in this or tweet out, but Holy crap, did it snowball the amount of people that wanted to be involved, wanted to talk about their uh, their own issues, their own experiences, whether it's firsthand or people they know or family members or, or whatever, it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed to the point where I thought to myself, well, probably needs its own platform as opposed to just being under the banner of an old show of mine. Mm-hmm. And from there, numerous people have reached out and said they also want to be involved, which is brilliant. So some of these episodes, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm assuming the conversations have happened behind the scenes. Some of these episodes will be hosted by other podcasters in our in our circle. Um, various other podcasters and friends of shows will be guests and hosts and almost like a revolving door kind of thing. And I'll step in wherever needed as well. But I mean, our, our group is on chain wrestling. We call them the CWF. It's a similar group to what they call the Spagos on the, on the Morty and Fitz show. And it's our, our circle, I guess in on Twitter, I suppose is the right way of putting it. That's where everyone kind of first engages or, or speaks we've got some fantastic people that we've met online and they're involved in our little group. And it's amazing how many of those brilliant, wonderful people have had their own issues, their own moments, their own, their own struggles that have affected them. So it is that kind of thing of wanting to talk about it, discuss it. And there is obviously everyone's situation is going to be different. Everyone's solutions for want of a better phrase is going to be different whether it's you know regarding to how they were treated or or how they reacted to certain things or whatever so there is no right or wrong it's more a case i think in my mind of having these discussions and if somebody out there listens to this show who went through what i went through in feeling that they were alone and they had no one else and no one else in the world had experienced what they were going through this could have maybe help those somebody like that somebody who who was me a few years back they might hear this and think, oh, there are other people. I can go and talk. They can reach out to us for a start, and we'll give out all the social media links and so on, of course, later in the show. But that's kind of the mindset that started this whole thing off, Maxi, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, sometimes, and, and bear in mind, we are not um, in any way qualified professionally. Uh, we, we're not here saying that we're going to cure anybody's um, uh, mental health issues. Of course, uh, yeah. But you, you're absolutely right in 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 the fact that sometimes hearing that other people have, have had similar struggles to you, or that there is somebody out there willing to listen to to your um, your problems and 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 your worries, that's as big as a help. I mean, it's the it's the first step. Uh, which is always the hardest step to to going on and getting some professional help. So uh, yeah, I think um, the the importance of of knowing that there's somebody there who will listen to you, or there's somebody there who has suffered similar uh, problems and and uh, worries as you. Yeah, it's it's invaluable. Mm. Yeah, it is. I, I find as well. 
again, I, I can only talk from my own experience, so it'd be interesting to get your take on this. I find as well that I didn't realise how long my issues had been going on for until after the fact, and when I kind of had that... I suppose breakdown is, is, is quite a big term, but that's kind of what it was. It was the moment where everything came to a head. And then I would look back on, you know, I, I could think back of, okay, I wasn't acting in a, in, a, in a normal way for myself at this point. And at this point, and at this point, I could acknowledge that. I could, I could figure that out in my own mind, even when I was going through it. <laughs> but it wasn't until I started speaking to other people and uh, you know speaking to a doctor and, and and other stuff and then literally sometimes just talking to the missus just sit sit down and chatting to sharon it wasn't until those moments when i started to realize in my own head how much further back this went to other things that have sort of added i sort of weight on my back on my shoulders on on, on my mind mm-hmm. that contributed to what happened and how long i was out of sorts for is that something that you experienced yourself because obviously with regards you know to to uh what i know about your your you know your issues and so on you stepped away from podcasting for a while and eventually me and you were talking a bit more and you let me know a bit more about what was going on but it was very much a case of the, the way it was for me outside looking in it was very much a case of it almost happened all of a sudden mm-hmm. from, from my standpoint again outside looking in so when that happened, did you, did you sort of look back in the past and realize more or was it more of a case of a snowball effect quickly? Or I, I don't know. I mean, talk us through, talk us through it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for context uh, and a little bit of uh, a backstory for people who, who maybe don't know um, much about what happened with me. Um, so just over a year ago, uh, I had, uh, well, I went mental. I went I mean, I make no bones about it. <laughs> uh, I went absolutely do lally. Um And it, it from from the outside looking in, it felt like a very kind of um, spontaneous thing. Um, but I've been um, speaking with a therapist now for about a year, uh, maybe just less. Um, and... It's it's almost the cliche of uh, of how these problems start with with me uh, because it does all stem back to to childhood. I mean, you see okay. TV programs and movies where people are speaking to therapists, and it's always about the relationship with your parents and your father, and then the the character starts blubbering and having these wild epiphanies about how their life has all gone wrong, and it's it's all the fault of the parents. But that for me was not a cliche. It was it was it was the truth. Um, the issues can be massively traced back. It's almost like it was learned behaviour. Uh, I learned from a very young age to bottle things up and not really speak about problems because you you wouldn't get any help with with the problems, and in in, in most cases you'd actually get punished for having the problems or at least oh, speaking okay. about the problems. Um, so you learn quickly to bottle things up. You learn quickly to bury, push things down. And um, the, the thing that I've, I've come to realize is that there's only so much space um, where you can start burying things before 
they start erupting. So then I did a similar kind of thing with you, look look through kind of like events and um, uh, parts of my uh, life where I can now explain why I, I was acting the way I did at that time. Um, yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it was almost like a, a an epiphany. I can look back and, and think, yeah, that that was you erupting. Uh, that was the emotions or the 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 worry uh, bursting out of you, and you had no control over it. Uh, and it really came to a head, like I said, about a year ago, where um, I I couldn't understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Uh, we'd had a couple of uh, very quick. Um, deaths in the family um there was a lot of uh, kind of like pressures uh, building up and it it just erupted and i got to the point where i did um try and end it uh and oh well, okay yeah um and i'm not saying that to kind of um uh, glorify it or, or or be salacious. It was I was at that point where I felt so much of a burden to everyone around me that it would have been better for them if I if I wasn't here. Yeah, you would have that that initial kind of um, sadness of someone someone. Um, you love not being there, but over the time, the burden would outweigh that. And that's the mindset that I got into that. I was kind of punishing myself so much that it would have been easier if I, if I wasn't here. Yeah. It was a, a very, very dark time. Uh, but luckily I've got the most supportive uh, wife and she's always had this massive skill of being able to kind of read when, and when there's something wrong with me. Um, and she was able to, to kind of talk me off that ledge. Uh, we, we spoke to the doctor. Um, I got on to some kind of, um, a mental health medication. Uh, and then I got in contact with a therapist and, I look back at that time now and it's 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 almost like watching your life as a film because it doesn't feel like me. It feels like maybe an actor was playing me at that time. Yeah, so it's almost surreal. And then I I can kind of put that uh mindset to the rest of my life as well. I can I look back as when I was a kid. And I don't relate to that person, even though it is me, even though I am talking about my own life and, and I live through these things, but I've I've spent so long kind of boxing the emotions off and, and boxing the feelings off that I, I feel like I'm talking about a TV program that I've watched rather than my own life sometimes. That's incredible, isn't it? That, that whole feeling of almost almost a separation from your own past in a way mm-hmm. almost like you're, you're outside looking in almost isn't it yeah. to, to your and, own experiences and, and it's a defense mechanism uh what I, again mm. like i said um i would urge anybody with uh issues um to seek out 
um, someone to talk to a therapist or whatever. And I know it's a very Americanized thing that everybody has a therapist, but yeah, the, uh, my therapist has, has absolutely worked wonders. Um, just having that person to talk to and that person who can say even the simplest things. And it, it it's not that they set your mind at, at ease, but they give you another way of looking at your situation. It's, it's really kind of a, it's really positive. So I would uh, definitely urge someone uh, with uh, with problems to go and speak to someone uh, professional about it. But yeah, it was, um, you learn to defend uh, your, your mind, uh, especially when uh, you go through some of the trauma that I went through as, as a kid. You, you learn to put up a brick wall and it ends up being that that brick wall is so big that you can't climb over it. And, what actually happened is people never really got to know the real me because I was always playing a character, if you understand okay. what I mean. Right. So, so you'll know me, um, and this will be the, the very first time I've ever spoken on a public uh, forum like this about it. But you, you'll know me as the witty, um, clever, sometimes obnoxious mags. Uh, but that a lot of the time is a front that is almost using comedy and, and sarcasm and to deflect from, from talking about the, the, the situations that are really going on. Um, one thing I've, I've, I mentioned with, uh, with my therapist and it's, it's stuck with me ever since is I would use, I would be the person that everybody else leaned on when uh, you have um, hard times. So I didn't have to open up to them or I'd be uh. the, or I'd be the person that cracks jokes and, and the, the laugh and soul of parties. And so people don't ask, am I okay? Because you 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 you're kind of showing everybody that you're happy go lucky and and everything's uh, bright and rosy when really it, you you feel dead inside a lot of the time and yeah it's it's weird. See, there's a couple of things I want to sort of uh, touch upon with you saying that. I mean, first of all, the therapy side of things I, I want to come back and, and discuss a little bit further because I've got no clue about any of that. So I find that really interesting, but the whole playing a character and I suppose being the, you know, life and soul of the party, cracking jokes and, and so on, the playing a character thing, I guess, as you said, I could fully sympathize with that, but I didn't have any idea. That's what I was doing mm -hmm. until I looked back. Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned it numerous times before on various podcasts and so on. I used to run a football club for many, many years that was done to start off as a little bit of fun, but eventually it became what was my life. I mean, my wife and my kids always came first, but the match day on the weekend and the build up to it over ruled my life. And it was a case of the, the drinking after the match became potentially the most important day of my week, because it was almost like, especially when the weather was nice as it is at the moment, Magsy, as we record this today, we'd be out the front of our clubhouse and they'd have the field. The kids could all run around and play. And it'd almost be like, there'd be a few of us. I don't know the right term holding court. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't want to make it too grandiose or anything. Like that, Cause that's not the way it was, but 
leading the conversation, being the center of attention, being, you know, and, and uh, in a way almost making myself feel important in this circle of people who they were my friends. I didn't need to do this, but that's how I felt I had to be. <laughs> and my big, uh, my, my big issue for a great deal of my life, whether it is uh, mental health or depression based or whether it's entwined with these struggles I've had or whatever, my big thing for as long as I can remember is if something happens in my life and I'm not in a good place is I drink. That's my go-to. That's my, that's my escape. Um, I'm not saying that's you know, anytime anyone sees me having a beer, that's what I'm doing. Cause now, you know, I, I, I enjoy a beer whether I'm happy, Johnny, but it used to always be my go-to to make things almost go away. Mm-hmm. And part of that Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon or whenever it was, we play our games and then we had the social nights out as well with the players and, and all this sort of stuff. It was that playing a character of, I mean, a couple of the younger lads, they used to literally call me gaffer because I was the manager. And I loved that because it was almost like now looking back, I realized it was almost like giving this character I was playing an actual name mm-hmm. for me to use. And I would hide behind this, this manager role on a match day of, of picking the team and trying to pick apart the opposition. And then, the social aspect of it afterwards being that, you know, the guy you can like drink anyone else at the club and party away and all this. And I look back and I, I, I thought I was so happy. I thought I loved my life and there were brilliant times. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to take away from some of those moments because we had some fantastic times. But I also realized a lot of that was me, like you said, playing a character and trying to hide away from what was really going on. Mm-hmm. And if I was chucking beer, I'm in there laughing and joking. People wouldn't ask me if I was okay. Yeah, literally everything you have said, I can really sympathize with and and apply to how I feel now looking back on certain aspects of my life. It's it's quite surreal, really. Yeah. And uh, if you look back to to before I went really or rental, um, the way I filled my um, time was was with podcasts. Um, Mm -hmm. I was on everybody's podcast who wanted a guest. I, I was involved in multiple podcasts and I look back now because of, uh, because of uh, what happened and, 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 and kind of analyzing myself retrospectively, it was to fill every waking moment with something to occupy my mind, whether that be recording editing, um, guesting with people, or even listening to just podcasts uh, in general. It was to distract myself from from my, my real-life problems or my real-life um, um, anxiety, I suppose. And, and now, I mean, one of the, the things I was slightly known for was listening to, to audio at ridiculous speeds and still being able to understand it. And... I always had the the kind of mindset that if I listened at normal speed, I'd get distracted, and I would. But it it okay. was getting it was getting distracted by almost by the voices or the thoughts in my head of that I was trying to avoid. That I was, the 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 um the the mindset of burying my uh, my issues. So I listened to 
audio faster because I had to concentrate on that then. And it mm. kind of like buries the 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 voices in your head away. Um and then with the podcasting, if I'm concentrating on recording or editing or or anything like that, I didn't have time to fill um the void with with thinking about my issues, kind of like just burying my head in the sand almost. Um, yeah, that distraction thing, I suppose, again, isn't it? Yeah, and it, even in, in just regular life, like things like just going to sleep. I can't go to sleep in silence at all. There has to be uh, a TV or radio on in the background because if I lie down and close my eyes, I'm dwelling on my issues. So, yeah. Is that still affecting you now then, you mean, with regards to going to bed with the radio or the telly on? I mean, that's something I do. Um, but it's more, I suppose, because I, I fall asleep watching it as opposed to background noise. But is that is that now just a habit that you've developed and you can't get out of, or is it still something you feel you need to do? Or um, so I, I still feel I need to do it uh, once. Bloody hell! It's now Friday coughs. Never mind Monday coughs. <laughs> um, yeah, I still feel that I have to uh, have some sound there because the medication i'm on is not super strong uh i always had this um fear i suppose that if you take uh, medication to to kind of level out the chemicals in your brain that yeah you get rid of the 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 depressing laws but you also lose those kind of like uh feelings of happiness and elation mm-hmm. i didn't really i didn't want to become robotic so it 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 was um, almost twisting my arm to take a quite a low level of medication. So what it actually does, it takes the edge off the feelings, and you never really kind of stop thinking about the things that you think about. It's just you that you kind of have the 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 power to battle the voices in your head um, rather than they fully take control but yeah i still need to have that that sound to kind of like distract me in the background before i fall fall asleep so if i set say a timer on my tv at night and i'm not asleep by the time the tv goes off i have to put it back on again and put it on another timer because okay if i lie there with with my eyes closed i may as well just be sat there thinking to myself which yeah it's a it can be a bit of a struggle Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you mentioned there about the medication and the therapy side of things. Mm-hmm. Now, for for me, when I had my, I suppose, m- moment uh, and, and and that conversation, then shall we say, when I sat down and basically <laughs> my mind had gotten to such a state, I'd spiraled into such a mess, and it was work related, and there was things in the past that contributed to what made the work-related issues bad and and lots of stuff going on and lots of stuff weighing on my shoulders and uh, financial issues and all all this sort of stuff, which, again, I'll I'll dive more deeply into on another occasion. But I convinced myself as well that my wife was having an affair. And this is the most ludicrous thing in the world ever because for a start, she wouldn't have the time. But... (laughs) Uh, and also why would she look at me no i'm joking i'm joking uh, <laughs> she's, she's punching over uh, she is, is. Like, honestly yeah um and 
again, I'll dive into more of the crazier aspects of what I was doing behavior-wise when I sit down and have, have my conversation. But I sat down with the wife the one day and asked the question, are you having an affair? Are you seeing someone else? And when she said, no, where the hell has this come from? I realized how ridiculous, literally just that, no, where the hell has this come from? It was her response. that The ridiculousness of it made me, I suppose I already knew, but it, it really opened my eyes to how much it was in my own head and how I was spiraling in some way. That then led to me breaking down, crying and telling her, okay, something's wrong here. I need help. And we spoke about lots. And that then led me to go into the doctor. And we had, I had several different discussions with the doctor over the, over the phone and in person. And we eventually you know, settled on a certain type of medication. My dose went up and down. We tried something else. And now I'm on something that I, I feel is, is, is doing what I needed to do. <laughs> Therapy was never something that was mentioned to me at this point. I mean, they said about it as maybe something in the future if I felt I needed it. But I feel quite fortunate in that I, I don't, I've never had to sort of go down that road. It's never been a thing that I've ever really thought of before. And because of that, I have no idea about it whatsoever. And I imagine many people listening who may need some help or some guidance or just someone to talk to may not have any idea either. So if you don't mind me asking, Magsy, how did that process work? Is that the doctor saying, let's put you in contact with someone? Is it a case of, I mean, uh, 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 the big thing for me, I suppose, is how does that work when you walk in and, and you go into, I'm assuming somebody's office or someone's room and you go to sit down to talk to somebody who initially, I suppose, is, is a complete stranger? <laughs> um, well, I don't do that. So we'll go, we'll go back to the beginning. So yeah, uh, kind of similar um, to to you. Uh, I got to the almost the point of no return. Um, Lorraine, um, my, my uh, better half, she, she opened my eyes and, and made me realise that this is not something that I could um, I could fight on my own, and I, I needed to to. Uh, speak to the doctor um and it was one of those conversations that you as a as a man you absolutely dread absolutely yes. dread i mean 100 I, I can probably count on one hand how many times i've uh been to or contacted the doctor um in the past 30 years going to I'm the doctor and it is a man, sorry to interrupt, but it is a real man thing, isn't it? My dad is, <laughs> my dad's got some serious health issues. He, he's got issues with his breathing and so on. He had a funny turn a couple of weeks back, which basically ended up with him having an ambulance out to him, having to get picked up from work. Real serious shit going on. Really, really serious important stuff. But he just, no, I'm all right. I'm going to carry on working. And we'll try and get up and carry on lumping around these boxes. But it's a real man thing, I think, isn't it? It's a real sort of, quite old school mentality but i think it's, it's a mentality that still hangs around yeah it definitely definitely does i mean if you look at all the kind of uh the the wording about um just struggling through your problems you get man up um stop yeah. stop stop acting like a girl um mm. uh, it's it's just very toxic for a uh, a man to admit he needs help. It's very yes. toxic for a man to admit they have feelings. Um, it's very toxic for a man to admit that they, they're worried about things. Um, 
thankfully it is getting better and people are realizing that um that that men do need to uh, talk about their their mental health but it's a very long slow process and um it's still looked at as as weak and i think that's the the main issue that it's you looked at as weak for for uh having feelings or or worries or anxieties um you're meant to just stiff up a lip and and plow through it and just crack on yes. um and that's what causes the majority of, of men's health problems the fact that they don't talk to people the fact that they they have to bottle it up uh because nobody will listen and if they do it's to take the piss out of it uh or you are ridiculed for for having these problems so yeah you you do bottle it up and you do you get to a point where you burst and then you just looked at it as crazy. Uh, but after that tangent, yeah. So I went to the doctor and it was one of those conversations I was dreading. I was expecting him to, to basically, yo, you're taking the piss. Uh, not wrong with you. Like man up, crack on with it. Um, it, it couldn't be any more further than the truth. Uh, and it actually kind of, um, made me remember a time that I'd spoken to a doctor about uh, mental health a good decade before, and it was a total night and day conversation. It was exactly the conversation that that uh, that I worried about. Um, the doctor saying, "Grow up. Um, this is this is this is nothing. You just crack on with it." Uh, so sorry, is that, is, you say that's what you had from a doctor sort of 10 years or so ago? Probably even longer than that, to be fair. But uh, 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 a long while ago, I, I had not as, as severe issues, but I did have um, some uh, mental health um, problems. Went to the went to a doctor and it was, it was like brushed off. Like, yeah. Come on, just okay. like I said, stiff up a lip. Um, and that, that conversation made me go even more into, into my shell and, well, if the, if a doctor's telling you to just grow up and and crack on with it, he he, he must be right. He's medically trained. Yes. Uh, but then I I go back to the conversation I had with my doctor uh, last year, and like I said, it was night and day. Uh, they couldn't help enough, um, and it was actually the doctor that that put me in contact with um, with. Uh, my therapist or the group that my therapist belongs to so it's uh i don't know if it's uh localized to the northwest but it's a group called man's matter um and i've heard they, of that actually yeah they're um the this is what they specialize in uh, mental health for uh for adults so i, I was uh, put in contact with with them um for i had firstly i had like a an, an initial um phone call kind of a Almost, um, it almost felt like an interview to see whether I fitted the criteria of, of, of needing therapy. Uh, and then I did <laughs> quite clearly. Um, and it's all been done, uh, through, um, it's almost like Skype. It's not Skype or it's not Zoom. It's it's a uh, uh, the NHS's own kind of portal, but it's it is face to face, but it's it's through like a camera and a microphone. So there you go. Look, that shows exactly how little I know. Because mm-hmm. in my head, I'm—I suppose I'm doing the cliche of walking in and thinking you lie down on a couch and there's some guy—I don't know why—but I always imagine him with a grey beard and a clipboard. That's what I have in my. 
So yeah. my therapist is a woman. Um, okay. And that was daunting at first. Um, but she's amazing. She's absolutely uh, amazing. Um, so with the, with this man's matter group, you are actually only meant to have, um, I think it was 12 sessions. Um, but uh, depending on the issues that you have, that that can be extended. So, like I said, I've been I've had uh, therapy with her um, for a year now. Well, almost a year. Um, it started off with weekly sessions, and now it's like once a, a month, twice a month, sometimes. Um, and it's just it's intensive. I will I, I will let you know that you are going to talk about some things that may scare you you're gonna uh talk about the um, the 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 things that you've been through and how they make you feel and how you feel about them now um so if you are going to go the therapy route be prepared to be an open book because there's no point um talking to someone about it if you're not going to be open with them because they can't help you if they don't know what's going on um mm-hmm. but yeah i, I would I would wholeheartedly advise anybody to to uh, speak to a therapist. It's it's genuinely worked wonders on me. It really, really has. Okay, and there's two things there that sort of jump out that I, I want to sort of ask you about. Then, first of all, you say about you need to be an open book, and uh, it can be a bit grueling and, and so on. You're going to talk about stuff that's obviously very in depth and hard hitting, and and so on. Was that uh, you've been doing it for X amount of time now, so I'm assuming everything has got easier over time because it's, it's the same as the, the more you do something, the easier it gets with, with anything, I suppose. Yeah. But that initial session or first few sessions, was it difficult when they were asking you questions about certain aspects, trying to get you to open up about certain things? Did you straight away just go for it or did you feel you had to ease yourself in? Yeah, so uh, I, th- I think people need to get the mindset of this being um, a, a therapist sat on a chair and you like opening, opening up your old, your, your dark secrets to them. Mm. Cause again, that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, it, again, it shows how limited my knowledge is in this scenario. Cause that's exactly what my mindset was. <clears throat> so the way that, I mean, and I, I, this is not me speaking for every, every therapist, but the way that my uh, therapist approached it was, that the work has to come from me. Not that I'm doing a, a job for it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm the person who's lived the situations. I'm the person who has to deal with the situations on a daily basis. I'm the person who has to deal with the anxiety. So um, she can guide the conversation or she can uh, she can kind of like listen to, to what you've got to say, but the, the bulk of the work has to come from the person who is needing the therapy. Um, and that's, that's basically how the early sessions went. Um, um, I started quite caged and, uh, almost kind of one word answers because you don't want to open up to what is essentially a stranger. Mm -hmm. But very quickly, I, I realized that because she's a stranger, it made it easier to talk to. And that's because if she judged me or if I felt that she was um, taking the piss or or laughing at me, 
I would never see have to see her again. But okay. if I was, but if I was talking to someone who I knew, you have to face them all the time, and then they're like sniggering behind your back. I mean, this is all in your head. I'm a shoot. I would uh, yeah. say majority of people would not snigger behind your back, but you've always got that thought that they're going to be judging you. Uh, so it was. It ended up being really easy to share with my therapist things that that literally two, three people in my life know about. Um, so it it started off really difficult to open up, but then quickly it it was like a floodgate and everything came out. And yeah, it just that that relief of pressure, knowing that someone was there to listen to to you it was yeah it was, it's just a it takes so much weight off your shoulders mm. yeah and and that's that's a real good way of putting it i think weight off your shoulders because when i had my issues i felt literally like that it was just constant weight on my shoulders it was constant headaches constant worrying uh, uh you know stress then led to my depression which led to me reacting in a bad way to people around me which then made me feel an asshole which then added, and it's just a spiral and it all mm-hmm. it just i don't know it just felt heavy all the time across mm-hmm. i was tense and you know so it's a really good way of wording it the second thing i wanted to bring up on that and I, i'm not even sure you've got an answer for this because there's no real way of uh, a point of comparison i suppose but you say that your therapist is a lady do you think that's made it easier or more difficult to open up in those initial se- sessions? Or, or, or again, are you not sure because you've got no way of comparing? Um, I mean, if, if you compare conversations that you would have with a, a woman to conversations you would have with a man, I think it was it's so much easier to be honest with a woman. Okay. Because conversations with blokes oh, tend to end up, I mean, our podcast is a, a prime example. We end up taking the piss and, and, and laughing and... Being nobbeds. Essentially, yeah, being nobbeds. <laughs> uh, whereas if, when we're with Sharon and she's guesting, we're, we're very well behaved and we're, we kind of almost <laughs> put on a character. <laughs> Um, uh, so, we, are, we, are, we are better when she's in the show. Isn't she? <laughs> yeah. So... on. I was secretly glad that it was a woman because women just naturally tend to be more empathetic. I suppose they can kind of understand anxiety and frustration. And whereas a bloke would, it it feels like they would take the piss. Um, So Mm. yeah, I was, I was glad it's a, it was a woman and it still is a woman. She's it's not, she's not dead. Um, <laughs> sort of transitioned or anything. Wash you. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think so, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was secretly glad that, that, um, she was a woman because I felt that I could open up more to her. Uh, and that proved to be true. Hmm. Again, though, we're saying, we're saying that from, from, from this aspect, from a personal experience, there's millions of male therapists out there that I bet are fantastic just yeah, as well. Yeah. And and some people may prefer to talk to a male therapist, whatever. It's just one of those things, isn't it? I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is uh, one of the things that the um, male therapist said pretty early on was there is no one size fits all kind of cure mm-hmm. for, for mental health. Um, a, an approach that worked for me, for example, may not work for you. Yes, and and similarly, it may not work for the next person. Um, it's all about 
finding your way through the darkness and 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 being able to understand and and acknowledge the things that that you've had to go through um and it's about taking the power away from those things and and regaining your your own kind of control i suppose yeah that's true yeah definitely and it it, it is again i suppose it comes down to letting other things kind of dominate your mind and you said about the darkness it's amazing hearing you talk first of all as open as you are so thank you so much for that it's it's brilliant having this conversation but secondly it's amazing to me how much of what you're saying i can relate to what i felt as well but my i suppose experiences which led me down that road are different to yours but Mm -hmm. the the ultimate end position i guess the end situation that the the mindset and the feelings and, and the terminology you're using are exactly the same as what I would be using to describe my issues. Yeah. You know, and, and what weighed on me and so on. It's, it's incredible how much of it crosses over, even though it's very different origin stories, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different pathways for, for um, anybody to have mental uh, health issues, but they do tend to converge together in somebody feeling alone and feeling um, burdened and feeling almost drowning in their, in their issues and, and nobody is able to, to help them or um, there's, they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, in my case, um, I, I likened a lot of my problems to, one to being a, a massive whirlwind uh, of all these thoughts going through my head, and I can't pick out um, one cognitive uh, thought. Um, or the second one was I felt that I closed myself off from um, the real me so much that it was like I was locked in a, a dark basement. Uh, and <laughs> my therapist, I'm sure she was on the books. Uh, for a, a brand of uh, water displacement because she kept saying that she's like WD-40. She said, and <laughs> she'll uh, grease up the, the hinges of the door to, to let me out of the basement. Uh, yeah, she must have said that about four or five times, so I'm sure. I didn't, I don't remember seeing the advert saying that this session was sponsored by WD-40, but <laughs> I think she was on the books for him. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, also, you say as well about medication, and we don't need to go into details about what it is, how much dose it, and all that sort of stuff. But was it... I found it really difficult to find the right one mm-hmm. and the right dose. Yeah. So I chopped and changed and went up and down. Is that something you experienced yourself, or was it almost, or did they know straight away this would be best for you? Or because I mean, there's again, I think it's that old school male mentality, the whole man up vibe or whatever that is so ridiculous and outdated now. Taking tablets is, you know, oh, man up, you don't need that, or whatever. I mean, to the point where I, I don't think I've ever seen my dad take a paracetamol, even for a headache, he'll just power through. And it's that kind of mindset, I think, that. I experienced sometimes myself. So taking tablets every morning to me 
now it's fine it's like i take it at the same time as i take my hay fever tablet <laughs> you know it's just part and course of my day this will stop me sneezing this will stop me crying that's that sort of thing <laughs> but um initially i struggled with the idea and the fact that the first few that we tried didn't work or didn't make me feel the way that i was told it might make me feel i felt more negative about the scenario because it, it wasn't an instant fix how did your experience go with that and, and whatever you were prescribed and, and, and so on? So I had very similar feelings uh, about taking medication. Um, um, old school in, in that regard, which old school is looked as uh, almost like um, with rose-tinted glasses that being old school is cool, but trust me, when it comes to your mental health, being old school is the shittest thing you could be. Um, yes. But... So um, I was very hesitant about taking medication because, like I said, I didn't want to become robotic and have no emotion. I would rather have those crippling lows because I'm still going to get those um, those elevated highs. Yeah. Um, but once I like spoke to the doctor uh, and and kind of got a bit of reassurance, um, I've been really lucky that the the medication that i'm on has done what i wanted it to do straight off the bat which is take the edge off the 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 feelings of of impending doom but i still get those happy feelings so i've not had to chop and change what medication uh that i'm on i've been on them now for about a year uh and touch wood they've been absolutely fine you do notice a difference when you missed a day jesus christ you notice a difference um when i first like missed a a, a day or so uh lorraine picked up on it straight away and, and but i was like no i feel absolutely fine but then when you go back and look at what's happened that day you you do look and you think yeah i was a bit wacky uh then i was a little bit excitable so you do notice it um but yeah like i said i've been really lucky that we got the right dose right off the bat um and one thing i've i've been very um firm on with uh with the doctor and with my uh, therapist is that i don't want to i don't want to get to the stage where i'm forgetting uh about what put me in that place, what put me in that dark place, because I always feel that if you forget about something, you're going to repeat it. So that, that old hit, that, that old adage of uh, um, those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. And mm -hmm. so I don't, I don't want to forget what put me in that place because I don't want to be back in that place again. So I, I always want to know that I can beat it. So uh, I'm, I'm very hesitant of of going on a stronger dose or kind of um, essentially not acknowledging that I've had these problems. And I think that's a, a big thing that us as men need to stop doing is brushing these kind of things under the carpet and, and ignoring them because yeah. they, they fester. They fester in, in your mind like... Um, like a splinter, you think, oh, it's annoying, but it'll go away, and then it becomes infected, and then 
you end up with gangrene and you end up losing your foot. That kind of yeah. that kind of mentality, though. But it does it. it talking about uh, your problems is digging out that splinter. Mm. Yeah, totally. And that's the whole point of what we're doing with this show is just making sure that people know that you there are options out there if you feel this way. Even if you feel like you've got nowhere to go and you're at rock bottom, or if you just feel a bit off, because there's no oh, I feel this bad, I don't feel bad enough to do this. There's no scale. No. If something's up, deal with it. That's the kind of the whole message of this show. Just talk to people. You know, that's the whole thing. You mentioned there about uh, if you miss a day, it's noticeable with regards to your medication. I'm completely different to that. If I miss a day or two, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Hmm. But it will do. I, I it bet will it does. Do. Well, no, it will do, but four or five days later. Really? Four oh, no, man, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, not instant. Like if I'm missed it at seven o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. by half past, I'm, I'm bouncing off the walls. Uh, not that that uh, kind of instant, but at the end of the the evening, the wife will know that I've not took okay. a tablet. See what I take out the way it was explained to me was. I'm supposed to take, I was supposed to take a small dose and then build it up over a course of a few weeks. And it's like, I can't remember the exact words the lady used, but it was almost like filling up a well <laughs> and keeping it at a certain level. So if I don't take them for a while or I forget a few days or whatever, then that level starts to drop. I've got to bring it back up again. And that's kind of how I was explained it works for me. So if I miss a few days, and I, I've done this in part, I've done this a couple of times. On one occasion, it was my own fault because I literally just forgot. And a couple of days I was at work and I had an absolute shit fit because I couldn't find a certain Allen key. And I mean a shit fit over an Allen key. I was, if somebody had walked into my warehouse at that point, I would have punched them. I was, and then what it was was a poxy Allen key. And it turned out it was in my pocket all along. But that's not the point. It was a completely irrational reaction to that scenario because it was other things causing the reaction, not the Allen key itself. (laughs) So that was one scenario. The second occasion was the doctor's issue. My doctors are crap. The, you speak to them, fantastic. But anything, I suppose, uh, the paperwork side and whatever, it's supposed to be on a repeat. The repeat didn't come through. I'm trying to contact them. You can't get hold of them. Before I know it, I've got a week around these tablets. Wow. So you are in the dark ages down in Gloucester. I mean, oh, yes. I, we just have, I just have to email my doctors for a repeat prescription and, and they're at yeah. the chemist the day after. It, that's supposed to be what happens now here, but it doesn't work out that way. And I crashed. I had, I just crashed. And the wife was like, something, what's going on? Cause I was in bed till two o'clock in the afternoon and that whole feeling on my own. And I was stressing about certain things that either a, I couldn't control. So I didn't need to stress about them. You can't control it. You can't fix it. What's the point in worrying? What's going to happen is going to happen. And B worrying about things that just weren't important anyway. And again, it just that sort of spiral snowball effect in my own mind, and I sort of went down a went down a rabbit hole, and, and you know, all because I hadn't took these these tablets. And, and it's funny how it affected me over later on, as opposed to straight away. But again, these this is where everyone is different, and every situation is different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, and and that again leads me back to uh, the fact that there isn't a one size fits all. Uh, remedy for for, mm. for mental health. Some people um, 
like a lot me and they look in right off the bat they get the the right medication uh or the right uh dose of medication and some people do um have to chop and change through through different medications to to get that balance um the same with therapy some people may thrive at opening up to a therapist some people may see it as a struggle it's 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 whatever works for that that individual i suppose mm. um but the one thing that I can can a hundred percent guarantee that doesn't work is is sitting there and dwelling and festering with your own thoughts. Um, that's the the very worst thing that that you can do. And you say you said uh, then about uh, the Alan King that is eerily similar to how how I would present the fact that I've, I'm struggling. Um, I would never um, come out to uh, to the the wife or the family and say this is is frustrating me and this is the problem. It would always be something else that I, I, it's almost like you pushing the blame of why you're you're frustrated onto something else. Um, I mean, it's just things that should never ever get you angry or, yeah. or frustrated like what a sink full of washing up that would absolutely make me te- tear my hair out yeah but it but it actually wasn't the sink full of washing up it was the fact that i was worried about something else but that could be a focal point that i could blame for me being worried yes. or if there the there's no milk left someone's used the last of the milk that i'd be or I, I mean, I'm, I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm a violent man. I would sit there and I would just be angry at myself. And then Lorena come in and she'd be, "What? What's wrong with you?" And I say, "There's no fucking milk. Can't even. I haven't even had a brew uh, all day." Um, and she'd be like, "This isn't really about the milk, then, is it?" <laughs> um, so I've been. I'm lucky that that she can work me out better than that can work myself out. But yeah, mm. you, you tend to focus on the most trivial problems as if that's what's causing you to be frustrated when it's not, it's nothing at all to do with that. It's, mm. it's, it's you getting inside your own head and sitting there and festering. And, uh, and, um, the thing for me was always the worst case scenarios. Like you would sit and overthink every situation to the the nth degree and you would always come out with the very worst thing that that could ever happen and 99% of the time that would not happen yes. but you would you would make it such a big deal and um you would a lot of the time you drive yourself absolutely potter doing it and and when you you kind of look back on it it was a nothing point. It was um, a, such a small thing to to be worried about, but at that time, it consumed your whole world. Yeah, it's 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 weird looking back at the times that I've um, melted down or been close to melting down, and the things that I blamed that meltdown on, and they're not really the the things that that caused it. Mm, that's it. You, you, your reaction 
isn't the reaction for the thing you're reacting to, I suppose. It's misplaced, in, in, I suppose. <clears throat> it's projection. You're projecting yeah. oh, you go, yeah. the problem onto... Um, see, you can tell I've been in therapy. I've, I've, I've got the lingo and everything. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you project your frustrations onto something, something, I suppose, real or something uh, tangible. You can say, this is the reason I'm frustrated when really it's it's this it's in here that's uh that's making you frustrated and you're just you're just focusing on it being something else to to almost justify the fact that you're frustrated uh when really you shouldn't have to justify it if you're frustrated you are frustrated and um the way to to deal with that is is to talk it really really is mm, that's it and again, that's the whole purpose of this show, trying to make sure people realise that they can talk. Um, I suppose as we sort of come to a, a close here today, Magsy, my friend, first of all, how are things now? You've sort of had your, to me, it was like my breaking moment, I guess, on the sofa with Sharon, and you, you're having an affair, and she laughed at me and, and so on. You've had that, you, 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 you've taken the steps needed, and so on. You're talking to us about it, is this easy for you to do? Is is it easy for you to open up and have these conversations? Because I'll, I'll be honest, I think part of the reason that I'm looking forward to doing these shows and listening to the shows that other people are, are in charge of is because I still struggle <laughs> to talk about things. I mean, an example being, and again, it comes back to the whole macho man thing. My kids see me take my tablets some mornings. And for a long time, to my girls, uh, people are aware I, I slipped two discs Sort of 12 years ago, my back, I've had trouble with it ever since. Um, the girls would see me take my tablets most mornings because of where they were kept to make sure I didn't forget to do them. I was always going to see them where they were. For a long time, my girls were told, oh, yeah, that's daddy's pills for his back because I didn't want them to know. Mm-hmm. Now it's different. And, now, and again, it goes back to not knowing or, or feeling a bit daft. Now they're aware of the situation. You know, daddy's had issues with depression and anxiety and whatever else. They just say, oh, well, okay. Well, that's going to make daddy better than great. Mm-hmm. And they're happy about it. And they, they understand it more than I do, you know, but I still have that trepidation with regards to opening up and talking about it as much as maybe I should. So I think maybe this podcast will be therapeutic for me from that aspect as well. But with regards to yourself, is it, is there still that hang up with the, the, the man up aspect or are you happy to talk about things? And, and most importantly, how are you now having gone through what you've gone through and effectively looking like you're coming out the other end? Oh, I'm I'm probably as mental as I've ever been. <laughs> um, I know. But, I see it look firsthand on Monday nights. <laughs> uh, but, be, but before I, I answer, um, I just want to kind of touch up on on some of the that you just said then about your your girls knowing that you are, um, are taking um, tablets for for depression and mental health, and that is the that's a small step on the on the pathway to this being normalized mm-hmm. if that if that generation um can see that their parents took proactive steps to uh to deal with their mental health it takes away that stigma for for them um because i i know from my experience and I couldn't name anyone that I knew who was taking uh, any uh, tablets for for mental health. It was always 
very hush hush and 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 kept quiet and you don't discuss that kind of thing so the fact that uh you were uh openly honest with your kids about what them tablets are for is well, not initially <laughs> no no but, i mean it, it is still a uh, a step towards normalizing the situation which yeah. is the whole point of this show which is the the whole point of uh of the this kind of raising awareness for men's mental, mental health so that is only a good thing uh, in terms of the the question, um, in talking about this stuff like this, um, a year, two years ago, not in a million years would I ever talk to anybody uh, outside, probably Lorraine, um, about anything to do with uh, uh, depression, anxiety, my past, uh, things like that. Not in a million years. Now. I'll, I'll talk to someone at the bus stop about it. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I'm, I'm being, being brutally honest. Uh, I'm more than happy to, to talk in, in this kind of platform about it because I know the struggles that I went through. I know the dark places that I've been to. And I know that talking about it kind of pulled me away from that edge. Um, and if if anybody can take even the slightest bit of uh, influence from that and and start their own kind of journey to to dealing with their own mental health, then yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to to share my um, mental health experiences with people, so so they can see that they're not alone and and that if someone as cool as me can have therapy and uh, <laughs> mental health issues, then, then you can too. There you go. There you <laughs> go. And you say again, we've said it the whole way through this, this episode, and it's going to be a running theme throughout the podcast. None of us are experts. None of us are medically qualified to give advice or anything like that. We're just talking about our own experiences. Mm-hmm. And if somebody else can take something from that and be like, whether they're feeling low or they hear us discussing certain issues, and, well, I feel like that sometimes. Obviously, our DMs are open, the show's DMs are open, you can get in contact with the show, of course you can, but we're no experts, but there are experts out there, mm-hmm. and these people are there for this purpose. Yeah, they massively absolutely. helped me, they massively helped Magsy, they massively helped millions of people all over the world, but sadly, there are millions more that need this help. If you're one of those millions more, then please reach out. There is always someone to talk to. And there will be links and uh, website addresses and so on of relevant people or or departments or whatever in the show notes. Have a look, check it out, go from there. And again, as I said, there's always RDMs open and so on, but make sure you, you, above anything, you talk to someone. Even if you feel you're on your own and you've got no one to talk to, there is always someone, whether it's someone in your inner circle, your family, or outside of that, a complete stranger, as Magsy has said, with regards to his therapy, which has done in the world of good. There's always someone to talk to, Max, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even things like this show, um, just if you take the first step and, and just listen to uh, the people's um, stories and their pathways with mental health, that that could be the trigger or that could be the 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 catalyst for you, for you going out there and, and getting help for yourself. So um, even if you're not in that place 
now to share your story and, and kind of get that um, that help. Just know that people are there for you um, and willing to listen whenever you are ready. Because one of the worst things is is being pushed into sharing. You you close up even more yes. uh, when you're pushed. So definitely approach things at your own ta- uh, at your own uh, speed and in your own uh, space. Um, but yeah, just know that people are here for you. Yeah, 100%. 100% brilliantly said. So then, Magsy, I nearly slipped into chain wrestling vibe then. Do you hear that? So then, Magsy, that's why I finished on a, on a Monday night. Good afternoon. Good evening. No, wrong show. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to let people know whereabouts they can find you online? And I know firsthand from the way you've spoken to me about it, how therapeutic your chickens have been for you and how they can see these chickens on TikTok. The, uh, they can. Um, first, I thank you for for having me as the guinea pig uh, for this, and uh, apologies for whoever was booked for episode two. You've got a hard bar to live up to with this bad boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Podfather Mags. I don't really go on there that much, so even though my DMs are open, I might not read it for about a month or so. Uh, so you're actually better off contacting me on TikTok because I'm on there all the live long day posting about my fer- therapy chickens um i thought you were gonna say oh, ferrets then i was like bloody hell how much of a farm have you got going on up there in Burnley? I, mean, I mean having ferrets and chickens is um that's just not a good sound is it not uh, definitely not got ferrets definitely <laughs> i've got chickens um <laughs> but one uh one thing i would like to put to you and and i'm kind of springing it on you because you don't know what i'm going to say now uh oh, but goodness. i've I have not shared really in this in this episode any of the issues that I went through um, throughout my childhood and 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 uh, further on into my life, and I feel that it might be important for people to hear some of the stuff that I've gone through, just so that if they can relate to those situations. Um, it, it it might be a, a way for for people to to look at that and go, yeah, I've been through similar issues. Um, okay. So I, I would like to do a, another episode, maybe later on down the time of um, what I went through with Mags, and see if I can scare off any of the other listeners with the the horrible stuff I've been through. Um, yeah, yeah that, like you said it. Yeah, if that if that makes people realise I went through something similar and and helps them realise why they might be experiencing certain feelings and emotions in present day, then yeah, if you're happy to do that, I'm more than happy to to sit and talk with you, my friend. Yeah, I, I found uh, speaking with the with my therapist and then uh, opening up with with uh, uh, people in 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 real life that that it's been important to to talk about the things that I've gone through with my parents and um, being in care and things like that. So yeah, I think it's uh whilst it'll, it might be kind of like get some popcorn and listen to all the bad things that I've had to go through. It's also, it, it feels important for me because I'm sharing those issues and, and people can see that I've got through them and I've become, a relative, a relatively normal human being on the other side of it. So if I can be normal, then maybe you can be normal as well. 
There we go. <laughs> yeah, definitely up for that, mate. Definitely up for that. Just give us a shout and we'll get it sorted out. Uh, with regards to... Well, I, I don't really do it anymore because I normally just share the network, social medias, whenever I close a podcast or a show I'm on. So, I mean, first of all, the network that carries this show is SJP World Media. You can find that on Twitter, Facebook, etc. at SJP World Media. But my own personal Twitter that I very rarely share now is at SJP Words. And as I said, the DMs are always open. But perhaps most importantly, the Twitter and the social medias for this particular show is at SP Sessions. So that's Safe Place session, Sessions. Sorry. Too many S's for me, man. I can't get my teeth in, right? It sounds Stay like you've had a drinking session. <laughs> oh, yeah, haven't, mate. I'm not long back from work. I only had the I only have a half of whiskey in, a, in my lunch break today. Um, <laughs> uh, Safe Place Sessions is the name of the show, obviously. And it's at S sessions on twitter but again by searching at sjp world media this always gets retweeted by that as well so you can find it there too but seek it out give the show a follow listen to the episodes give us any feedback you wish to give um i hope that what mags myself and all the other people involved in the show that you'll be hearing from in the coming weeks and months all fantastic wonderful glorious brilliant people i hope what we're doing does encourage people to talk and does get uh, the ball rolling with, with someone out there. I also want to give a massive big thank you and a shout out to Ben from Rantomoisters podcast for really helping. I mean, we had a big discussions back and forth. I say we, I kind of asked the question and then left the chat and let everyone else sort it out. And it was with regards to the name of the show and the, the logos and all this sort of stuff. So it's a rarity because it's not something I've named or, or a logo I've made. And Ben had a massive part in that. So the awesome logo you can see on Twitter was made by our good friend Ben from uh, Random Oysters podcast and of uh, Ben's Word of the Week fame on Morty and Fitch podcast. And the name as well was a huge part in, in, in coming up with that. So thank you all brilliant fantastic for that ben as well and everyone else online morty fitch um total steve there's so many i can't list and if i'm missing his name out, i apologize but just jumping on the tweet jumping in different conversations messaging me saying they want to be a part of this a part of that everyone out there who's done that thank you so much and i hope that this show goes from strength to strength and it serves the purpose that we kind of want it to i guess Maxie. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you hit the nail around the head so there we go at SP sessions on social media, Twitter and all that good stuff. Uh, all the, all that's left to do now, I suppose is say to everybody as always, thank you for listening. But most of all, Mr. Max, thank you for sharing. You're more than welcome. I'll see you Monday, I guess. Mm, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs>